as we celebrate uh, Christmas, celebrate the birth of Jesus, it's like heaven coming down into this room, isn't it? Yeah? And um, so thankful for those that have led out in this. And uh, Caroline, I'm, we just want to say a special thanks to yours. And give you a small token of appreciation. Thank you for leading us, and thank but thanks for the whole team. Thank you, and Chelsea for leading our our whole children's ministry. Pastor of our children, we also want to honor you and say thank you at this time. All right, wow. Mm. I just want to stand here and look at y'all. I just get peace watching you. You're such a blessing. Uh, I don't, how, do, how do we do this? Go to your parents then, all right? Just slowly and orderly. Yeah, there you go. Give them one, one more round of applause. Okay, so how many of you are, are here uh, that you came to see uh, one of your children or grandchildren or friend's child uh, be a part of this? How many of you here, especially for today, for that? There you go. All right, welcome. It's great to have you all in the house. I know we've got others that are visiting. I met somebody a while ago, a couple, and, and they said it was there. First time to be with us, new in our community, and I just want to welcome everyone here. If you've never been here before, thanks for being here. You can be a visitor for about a minute. After that, we'll probably put you at the door welcoming people. I also want to say welcome to a team from Youth with a Mission Nashville that are here, the back row right in front of the sound booth there. So welcome them. They have come down. They're going to be here for this week to join in with the other training that we have going on, and uh, I'm going to be teaching. Usually, I go to, to Nashville, and they are they come down here, and the topic that I'll be teaching on is the mission basis of the Bible, okay? Some people call it the biblical basis of mission, but mission's basis of the Bible is what we'll be talking about, God's heart for the nations. So, boy... You know, watching these kids, I'm just thinking about the hope of this next generation. We often are, are struggling when we see the changes going on in our world around us. I know I've had the thoughts, boy, if my dad or mom were here and they saw what was going on in the world, they would really be shocked and struggle with what's going on. And as I pondered that, I thought, well, you know, I'm able to deal with this. I'm not sure how well I deal with it, but I'm dealing with it. They couldn't. Then my mind goes to my children, and I think, well, if it's changed that much in my years, what is, what's it going to be like for them? And when I think about my grandchildren, and the Lord, you know, the Lord just uh, 
he impressed me that each generation is born for their time, and his grace is there for each of those generations. My dad and mom's grace uh, was for their time. I couldn't have lived in their time, but, but my grace is for my time. My children's grace is for their time, and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren's grace is for their time. You are born for such a time as this. And so uh, this is a family uh, service today. I'm not going to, um, I think this is going to be relatively short, but if, if I had a title to what I have today, it would be a rope of hope. A rope of hope. You know, last week I got to, to share and we talked about, uh, or the last time I shared, we talked about Romans chapter 15 and we looked at one verse. I, I want us to go back to that. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And this is a blessing that Paul speaks at the end of a, a major theological uh, statement in Romans. It's, Romans is a, is a great book. You can get a good systematic theology from it. But he speaks a blessing after getting very practical with them. And he says in verse 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a great verse to memorize. A great verse to memorize. We won't unpack it like we did last week. You can go back and listen to the message if you, uh, if you want to. But if you, if you look at verses, through verses 1 through 12, it builds up to that verse 13. And last week I did summarize those verses by saying S-E-C. Uh, SEC, and it, no, not Security Exchange Commission for those investors. Uh, that is not your hope. Uh, your hope is not in your investments in the, in the Securities Exchange Commission. It's not for us that are in uh, uh, fans of Mississippi State or other southern universities, the Southeastern Conference. And, and as we finished up, we, we were talking about each one of those points. The first one, the S, was uh, scriptures. The second was each other, and the third was the coming of Jesus. So that's really the summary of where our hope is, is attached to. And if you look back in verses 1 through 12, you'll see how it builds up to that. We're going to go and zero in on the third point from last week, and we're going to talk about the coming of Jesus. I, I want to encourage you, though, as, as the term new coach has come up in this past week. Has, how many of you heard new coach? Have you heard that? Is there hope? You know, there's some hope uh, in the new coach. But there's a greater hope in the, the, the second coming, in the first coming and the second coming, right? So when you think or when you hear Security Exchange Commission or SEC, Southeastern Conference, or a new co coach, I want it to take you back to the real SEC of our hope, and that is scriptures, each other, and the coming of Jesus. That's where we're firmly rooted in our hope. We need that kind of hope. This morning as we were praying before coming in here, uh, Rob, Rob actually prayed out something about everyone that was seated in this auditorium, and I suddenly saw that those that are seated in the auditorium seated in the heavenlies. And, I, I, you know, I, every Sunday I come in and touch every chair in this room. 
I say, Lord, whoever's sitting in this chair today, may they sense your presence in a fresh new way. Y'all, I believe that God is offering to every man, woman, boy, and girl a rope of hope today, a rope of hope. So let's look um, where we find the C in the SEC from last week is in verse 12. And it's, it's a quote from Isaiah chapter 11. It says, and again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will appear. The one who rises to rule the Gentiles, the Gentiles will hope in him. Uh, DTS from uh, YWAM Nashville, that's a good verse for our, our missions basis of the Bible. The Bible has a missions basis, and it's that all nations would be reached. But here we see the root of Jesse will appear. What does that mean, root of Jesse? Let's unpack that just a little bit. Where does that come from, the root of Jesse? Have you thought about that? How many of you have heard the root of Jesse in the past week? Is that a common term? It's common uh, to think about Jesus, especially at Christmas time. The root of Jesse. What does that mean? I've been pondering that. In fact, I had my son-in-law, Jesse, with Timothy Holyfield, who's named one of his, Jesse. And I said, unpack Jesse for me. Why Jesse? Why would you name a child Jesse? Why? What is it about Jesse? And uh, I'll just let you know, Jesse actually means God is. God is. That's a strong statement. The root of God is. The root of Jesse. I've pondered it quite a bit, and it's taken me back to 1 Samuel chapter 16. So if you would, just flip, flip back with me into the Old Testament. We'll, we'll burn through just a few scriptures here. 1 Samuel chapter 16. This is uh, as, as, as Samuel is anointing David. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem because I have selected a king from his sons. Do you remember this story? Samuel goes there and is, is ready to anoint the new king. King Saul has been rejected. The new king is coming. And God sends Samuel on an expedition of discovery. You know, God often does that. He, it's, the, it's the glory of God, Proverbs says, the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. And he has made it so that he, he entices us. Jesus told the parables not to make things clear, but to maybe even frustrate people a little bit so that they would have questions. I love when I'm, t I'm teaching and I see people get frustrated. I go, yeah, now we're getting somewhere because that person's going to look it up. They're going to ask a question. They want to get to the truth. And God sent Samuel to, the, to, to Jesse's family to find the king. He paraded seven, seven sons out in front of him. The first one, he went, oh, that's him. I can imagine what that one looked like. Big, tall, strong, burly. Uh, this one, that's king material. And God says, no, uh, you, you may look on the outside, but I look at the heart. That's not the one I've chosen. Seven sons are paraded before him. And finally, Samuel just goes, is there any more? Are there any more? And he says, yes, there's one. And he's out tending the sheep. 
They bring him in, and it's David. See, I've, I've wondered, why is it that, that we find the term root of Jesse? Root of Jesse. Why isn't it root of David? We know he is a son of David, but there's something deeper in this that I want to encourage you to search out yourself. We'll talk a little bit about it. But the root of Jesse, what we find in chapter 15, verse 12, that is the beginning of it. I think God's wanting us to go back more than just to David, the son of David, the Messiah, but to something that's at the root of Jesse. All right? So now turn to Isaiah chapter 11. Isaiah chapter 11. Then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears. But he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with discipline from his mouth. And he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. Righteousness will be a belt around his loins. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. Boy, there's more. We, we, could, boy, we could stay there for a while in, in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 11. But this is basically what where we get this quote in uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 12. It, that's the root of Jesse, the branch of Jesse. You know, you can see the, the genealogy of Jesus and track it back to, 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 to Jesse in the Gospels. But uh, there's, there's another passage. Let's just turn there. In Job chapter 14. Job chapter 14. Start in verse 7. There is hope for a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and its shoots will not die. If its roots grow old in the ground and its stump starts to die in the soil, the smell of water makes it thrive and produce twigs like a sapling. There's a song that came from that. First of all, it was a poem. And, uh, the, it, and the poem was, Wood Hath Hope. Uh, and um, actually, I have the words on my phone here. I meant to have that up. Anybody remember that song, Wood Hath Hope? It was originally a poem by Carol Hauslander, and then it was made famous by John Foley. Wood hath hope, when it's cut, when it's cut it's, it grows green again, and its boughs sprout clean again. Wood hath hope. Wood hath hope. There's hope for a tree. Holman Christian Standard Bible says, wood hath hope. Think about what happened with the root of Jesse, the branch of Jesse. So much was cut down, hope was gone, but yet we knew that there would be a, a springing back forth to life. 
And so I want you to think about this week that wood hath hope. Wood hath hope. Though cut down, it grows again, and its wheat leaves sprout full again. Wood hath hope. You can't forget that now. So, there's the root of Jesse, and the second thing for us to think about today is the rope of hope. Not rope of dope, but rope of hope. We find a rope of hope in the root of Jesse. In, in Luke chapter 5 and in Mark chapter 2, and maybe in Matthew chapter 9, they don't, that doesn't play out exactly the way that uh, uh, we, we see it in, in Luke 5 and Mark 2. But there's the picture of this little baby Jesus, now grown and in full ministry, and people coming to him for healing, for life. And he is in a room that's filled up, and then the friends of this paralyzed man can't get that man into the room. So what do they do? They climb up on top of the house, and they remove a portion of the roof, and with ropes, they lower their friend into the presence of Jesus. You know, that's really what we should be doing. We have hope, and we should be a rope of hope to those around us. You know, rope of dope is when you, I wish David's, David Purvis is not in here, or Clint. You know, they, you get slammed up against the ropes, and you just cover yourself and take all the punches and wear the other person down. You might even grab him. That's rope of dope. But rope of hope is letting that rope down of that person right into the presence of Jesus. Each one of us carry Jesus with us wherever we go. And we should be extending a rope of hope to those around us. So turn with me to Revelation chapter 22. And I want you to, this is the, our last verse here. Revelation chapter 22. It's the last chapter in the Bible. It's the last big section uh, uh, that's in red, looking in verse 16. And uh, you, you have it in verse 20. It says, yes, I'm coming quickly. But, but um, if, in, if you look in verse 12, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. But look in verse 16. This is what Jesus says about himself. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Does that give us perhaps a little clue to why it says the root of Jesse? The root of God is, Jesus says, I am the alpha and the mega. He says, I am both the root and the branch. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the source of all life. And then here's what he says to us. In this day, we need to hear these words clearly. Both the spirit and the bride say, come. Anyone who hears should say, come, that's your rope of hope. Come. And the one who is thirsty should come. Whoever desires should take the living water as a gift. 
I testify to everyone who hears the prophetic words of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this prophetic book, God will will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city written in this book. Kind of makes you want to be careful about what you teach about from the book of Revelation, you know. There's a lot of popular books out there. Be careful, right? Be careful about it. Verse 20, listen to this. He who testifies about these things says, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Y'all, just as in the days of old, when the shepherds were keeping watch over their flock by night, the angels appear and they say, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Just as in that broken society and culture of that day, there was so much pain and lack of hope, the Messiah was coming to fulfill the hope of God's word to his people. Just as that little baby, a ray of hope, the weary world rejoices. Just as that baby brings hope, so is the second coming of Jesus. In Luke, it says that, um, that when these things happen, we can look and see some of the signs of the times and, you know, get kind of bent out of shape about it. But Jesus says, these, these in, in uh, Mark and in Luke and Matthew, talks about how these things are going to happen. They're the birth pangs of, 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 uh, of, of the return of Jesus. But he says, lift up your heads. Lift your eyes towards heaven. Your redemption draws near. To a world that's broken, hopeless, and struggling, this new generation, born for such a time as this, are getting ropes of hope for their own lives that they can then extend to others. Every member in this fellowship, every person in this room that has been born again is commissioned as a as a, as a minister, to go out and do the things that Jesus did, you carry a rope of hope. We don't go out there to fix things. We go out there to simply bring people into that presence of the Lord Jesus. Have you bumped into somebody and you bumped into them before you bumped into them? <laughs> somebody said, huh? Have you seen somebody physically, but the inner man inside of them has grown so much that you bump into their countenance before you touch them physically? We should be radiating and emanating such a hope in Jesus that people see heaven coming down and the presence of the Lord in each one of us wherever we go. We should be that ray ray of hope and we should be that rope of hope. We are not dope dealers, we're hope dealers, right? So let's make sure in this season. I'll finish with this, this, uh, this one thought. 
In, in, in Matthew 11, Jesus says, If you're weary and heavy laden, come to me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to the one who gives us hope. Well, that's the, that's the word for today. All right, service begins now.